Vikings trade for Nick Mullins. We know who the backup quarterback is going to be. Let's talk about the rest of the roster today with Jeff Diamond, who has put together a few rosters in his day. Jeff, of course, former Vikings general manager, former NFL executive of the year, former president of the Tennessee Titans. This has been an interesting camp to try to figure out what they're thinking because we really don't know these people all that well. Uh, I think we both concluded they needed a different backup quarterback. They seem to agree with us, Jeff. They made a deal this week. Yes, they did, and they they traded for Nick Mullins. They they didn't put a lot out there in terms of of draft capital, a conditional seventh in 2024. So this is no sure thing that Nick Mullins is is going to be the guy, but it certainly feels like that's the direction that they're headed, and I I think that makes sense on a a lot, lot of levels in terms of what's happened in preseason and it's been obviously disappointing for for Kellen Mond that he had that the decent game against the Raiders with the two TD passes and then kind of did not have a good day against San Francisco in the preseason number two where he threw the two interceptions and especially the last interception I'm sure kind of set off the alarms in Kevin O'Connell's head because he threw into double coverage double coverage on that fade route at the end of the game, telegraphed the throw. It was a terrible, terrible play on his part. And from that perspective, I think he kind of felt, okay, I'm not happy with what's going on here. And Sean Mannion, let's be honest, we've seen enough of him to know he's got a decent arm, no mobility, and he's just not good enough. That We saw the prime example last January in the 37-10 to loss at Lambeau when Cousins was out with COVID. And and so Mannion is just a journeyman guy. And the truth of the matter is they probably won't need Mullins either or Bond to, to come in and rescue the day unless Cousins gets COVID because Kirk really doesn't get hurt. Now you say that and things can certainly happen, but his, his durability is one of his big assets. And what I really expect in the final cut next week is Mullins to be the guy that they want to keep and they'll cut Mannion. And I think they'll, they'll try to get Mon to the practice squad. And that's obviously risky with a third round pick that somebody may claim him on waivers, but truthfully, has he been that impressive that people would be that excited to, to pick, to claim him if you claim him, you got to put him on your active roster ahead of a quarterback who's been there all through training camp. I think they have a good shot to get him to the practice squad and then try to develop him for another year. But the problem is, how's he going to get any reps <laughs> during the season to really develop him? It's almost like you're you're hoping to get him through to the offseason next year and then take another shot at seeing what you can do with him. But if they lose him, I don't think that – O'Connell's going to lose any sleep over that either. And so I think Mullins is the guy that they've identified. And, and he was with Kwesi in, in uh, Cleveland or San Francisco. So there's a history there. And, and Mullins has 17 career starts. Now, his record isn't great. I think it's, what, 5-12 and 12 as a starter. 
but some of that was with with some bad teams. And so we'll see. But I, I think the quote from O'Connell was very telling when he said, my confidence level is high in Nick. I don't worry about one bit about, about him getting ready to go against Green Bay. That is a pretty telltale sign and not encouraging to Mond and Mannion. <laughs> yeah. I think Mullins is the backup period. It'll be interesting to see how it develops. But let's get into the rest of the roster. Also, of course, with Jeff. We'll talk about the rest of the league, including the Packers. This is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, part of TalkNorth.com. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. See all the shows as they are released. Thanks to our producer, Brianne Burdett. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. And thank you to our longtime sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. And check out the rest of the lineup. We have... Uh, Russo, LaPanta, Cheryl Reeve, uh, John Krasinski, Roy Smalley and Lavelle Neal on baseball, uh, John Malay on preps. Uh, we just have we have a great lineup, and that's not even accounting for all the outdoor content and Dave Lee and uh, Blois Olson and all our variety content. Thanks for helping us grow. We do appreciate it. So if the quarterback thing is probably settled, what other camp competitions intrigue you now as they go into the third preseason game? Yeah, I really think that they're almost settled on all of their position battles that have that have we've been watching during camp and going going in. There was some question on the on the starting quarterback cornerback opposite Patrick Peterson. Well, it's pretty obvious Cam Dancer is going to get the start week one over Andrew Booth Jr., who's now nursing an ankle injury, and O'Connell expects him back for the opener. And Dancer's had a good camp. And he's got some talent, and Patrick Peterson's talking him up. But I guess so many of us have still have visions of Dancer's inconsistency, especially the, the terrible play at the end of the game in Detroit last year when he gave up the touchdown, retreating into the end zone. And what I can tell you, Jim, is Aaron Rodgers on September 11th is going to go quickly and often, early and often after Dantzler, because he's not going to necessarily be going after Patrick Peterson. He'll be going right at Dantzler, and we'll see very quickly how much truly he's improved. And as far as the safety opposite Harrison Smith, well, now uh, Lewis Seen, the number one pick, he's missed a couple of practices this week with, with an injury, and I think it's pretty obvious Cam Bynum, who I think is a solid player, is going to get the, the start opening day. I still like the speed and, and physicality of, of scene, uh, but I like Cam Bynum a lot too. And eventually you figure a number one pick will be in there, but I don't think it's going to be real early necessarily unless Bynum has some problems. And I think he's a good player. And so for now, it looks like scene will be playing maybe as an extra DB and dime coverage, and he'll have a big role on special teams. So he'll get on the field. The right guard, I think, is still a really interesting call. And you and I have talked about this. That it looks like they'd like to get Eddie Ingram. They've been getting him more and more reps. But I'm just not so sure come opening day against the Packers defense that is really stout and excellent up front with their front seven. I'm just not sure they want to throw a rookie in their game one against Green Bay when you've got a guy in Jesse Davis who has 72 career starts, but he's missed a fair amount of time in camp with his knee issues. So that would be a, 
kind of a risky move, I think, on the coach's part. But if they feel like Ingram has really emerged and they and they trust him, then it, it certainly makes sense because he's the guy for the long term. And we, we know it's not going to be Wyatt Davis, last year's third-round pick, who's stuck in th- on the third string. And they even brought in Blake Brandell, uh, who's a tackle regularly. They brought him in as a second-right guard last week. So Wyatt Davis is going to be on the cut list next week. And the Ingram decision come opening day is going to be interesting to see if they pick him or, or Jesse Davis. I wouldn't be surprised either way there. Otherwise, there's – those are kind of the big three competitions along with the backup quarterback that's pretty much decided. So I think almost all of these except right guard is set. And then you got the punter who I, I, I still expect Jordan Berry to win the job over the rookie Ryan Wright. They've got similar stats in preseason. The holder is such a key part of that punter equation. And who does Greg Joseph feel comfortable with? He had a, a really good second half of the season with Barry last year. And in practice against the 49ers, we saw the only two kicks that Greg Joseph missed were with Ryan Wright as the holder. So that, that kind of tells me that perhaps Barry will be the guy. And there's not that, not that much difference in salary. Barry is not a high-priced punter. He's only making $1.12 million. So there would be a half a million dollars in savings over if you, if you go with the rookie. So I don't think that's a, a factor in this decision. So those are, those are some of the really the, the calls, the decisions. And there's going to be a lot of certainly the backup roles at linebacker, at wide receiver. Are, there's still a little bit of up for grabs. Although I do think that uh, Amir Smith-Marset and B.C. Johnson seem to have earned the number four and five receiver spots. And the sixth-round pick, Jalen Naylor, to me, he's probably the likely number six. But We'll see. We, they, they liked Myron Mitchell early in camp. He had a drop in the game the other night. And the backup tight end situation, Zach Davidson has some talent. He dropped a huge ball. It could have been about a 40-yard gain. And I'm not sure they can trust him at this point. And they're still hoping Irv Smith Jr. can make it back for the opener. It looks like he's on track. He is back on the practice field, which is a good sign. Yeah, I do think uh, they really need Irv Smith out there. The tight end depth does not look good without him. <laughs> One position I'm really interested in is punt returner. They want Smith Marset to be that guy. They want him to be a key backup receiver, and he just hasn't been very reliable. Yeah, I, I think that he's had some some muffs, some drops, and this and that. And and so you got Smith Marset, you got Jalen Naylor. They're kind of been battling it. And KJ Osborne also can be a returner. He was his rookie year. So if they don't really trust Smith-Marset, they could always go with Osborne, too, over over him and the rookie. But I, I think they want Smith-Marset to, to have the job. He's got some explosiveness. He's he certainly got the big speed, and he's made plays as a receiver. So I expect him to be back there opening day, but he'll have a short leash, certainly. And that that's going to be the kick return situation. And then in terms of the kickoff returner, well, we know – Wang Wu was was almost all pro last year with his two kick return touchdowns. So he should be back there opening day, although Ty Chandler has done some good things too in that role. And are they gonna are they gonna carry five running backs, including uh, CJ Ham, who's gonna be who's gonna make it as their fullback? So are they gonna have room to carry five running backs, or is Chandler gonna be uh, perhaps making it and then inactive on game day? 
I, I really like him. He's got some talent, but hard to see how he gets on the field unless one of those other backs gets hurt. And, and Jim, I think when we're talking about cut day next week, and it, it's certainly a tense week in camp, you can feel it that even though they're, they've been off a couple of days and in shorts, and, but there, there's just always an atmosphere, a, a little bit of a tenseness in the air going into this last week of preseason and going into cut day next Tuesday. Uh, there's jobs up for grabs still, and special teams are going to play a huge role in some of these decisions with players such as backup linebacker and a lot of other spots too. But let, let's talk for a second about how do they not keep T.Y. McGill, <laughs> who's the, the preseason yeah. star, how do you not keep him on your final 53 roster? He, he's played on – he's such an interesting story. He's played on nine NFL teams in eight seasons, but he always finds a way to stick – and he's got three and a half sacks in the two preseason games, has looked has looked explosive inside. Now, the question is, is he going against starting offensive linemen? Not necessarily, but he, he had that big forced fumble in the 49er game where it looked like he was offside, but maybe not. And so how do you not keep him? And the other guy who really flashed last week was Caleb Evans as, as a, uh, a rookie fourth-round corner, and he looked great in run support and looks like he's getting better in coverage and he should be a a really good special teamer. He's a big corner. So those are a couple guys that I think are going to make it and, and find a way onto this roster. It's hard not to reward a guy like McGill who's had such a great preseason. If he doesn't make it, it almost tells you what does it matter? What's going on in these, in these preseason games or even in camp. So that's one I'm going to be watching closely. Yeah, Mark Craig from my paper did a really nice piece on McGill uh, recently after the uh, second preseason game. And you're right. I mean, one thing I, you know, having covered a million training camps and a million spring trainings, you know, to me, so often a team has its pecking order and something dramatic has to happen to change that pecking order. And this will be a good test. You know, it'll be, it'll be give us some insight into how this group and Quezzy uh, think about camp and, and camp results. Because for some for some, especially for some analytics people, they just aren't going to be swayed by somebody having a good game against a third stringer. Yeah, exactly. And and you mentioned Quasi. What we don't know is how much of a role is he going to have in the final cuts versus the coaching staff. And mm-hmm. certainly, you always have take input from from your GM and and your cap guy because obviously you got to free up some salary cap room here at the final cut because all the players count now. It's not just the top 51 anymore. It becomes all the players, anybody on injured reserve, all the practice squad guys, which can be up to 16 players there. So there's a lot of jobs that will be coming back, a lot of players coming back on the practice squad. And so I think that, yeah, it's going to be, and we'll never really know (laughs) whether it's it's more O'Connell or more Quasi. But I have a hunch that it's going to be the coaching staff that's going to be making these final cuts, except in the case of some salary cap decisions. Yeah, I would I would guess that, and I would guess Quezzy would uh, come in if he's looking at long term projections or or money decisions uh, in terms of just who's the better player. I'm sure it'll defer to the coaching staff. All right, let's get to the Packers 
some other league news, and then we'll come back to the Vikings to wrap up. Uh, thanks first to White Bear League Superstore, whitebearleaguesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC, and my great friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Gutrell. Fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super-friendly premium team. Check out that great website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. You'll see 0% APR on most GMC and Buick SUV models, including the stylish Encore GX. Check out the all-new next-generation GMC Sierra 1500. Reserve yours now and explore the GMC Sierra HD. Don't wait. Reserve your all-electric super truck, the Hummer EV. The White Bear Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. And the White Bear Lake Superstore Buick GMC is a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. Visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. So what, how's the Packers offensive line looking at the moment? That's a mystery. <laughs> uh, they did activate David Bakhtiari, their all-pro left tackle, who's battled a bad ACL injury for basically a year and a half, and he played part of one game last year and then was shut down for the playoffs. He was activated off PUP, as was Elgin Jenkins, another Pro Bowl offensive lineman who's played guard and tackle for the Packers, and I think that they are really in flux there. And from everything we can decipher, it's still uncertain if Bakhtiari especially and Jenkins will be able to start opening day against the Vikings. And that could be just a critical part of that ball game in terms of their matchup against Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith. And Zadarius has had a, a, a great camp. He, he looked great against the 49ers in, in the drills that they had. And Daniil is also looking very good. To me, and we've talked about this often, those two guys I think are the key to this season on defense for the Vikings. They've got to get pressure from them up front, be able to rotate them with, I think, they found two really good edge rushers to relieve Hunter and Smith with DJ Wanham and Patrick Jones, who Patrick Jones has been one of the surprises of camp has come on in his second year, a former third round pick. And so, yeah, if, if Jenkins and Bakhtiari are playing opening day, and first of all, even if they do play, how effective can they be? especially Bakhtiari having missed a year, and now he's got to line up against his former teammates, Darius Smith or Hunter, and, and they're going to rotate those guys on different sides. I think that's one of the keys to this game coming up and also how the Packers' wide receiver core has come together with Rodgers. And, again, a great unknown there, partially because the Packers, like the Vikings, just don't play a lot of guys – a lot of starters in preseason. And is that a mistake? We'll see. The, the Packers have done that in the past, and they haven't played Rodgers basically in the last few years. I'm a little surprised. Now, Cousins last week, of course, was not available, but will they play Cousins a series in Denver on Saturday? I don't think it would be a bad idea. I mean, hey, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen have been playing a little bit in preseason. And 
I, I think it might be a good idea if you get Cousins out there with the starting offensive line for maybe a series or two, and and perhaps with Alexander Madison, I, I would not play Dalvin Cook. I would not play Hunter or Zadarius Smith. Even Patrick Peterson and Harrison Smith and Kendricks on defense, you really don't need to necessarily see those guys. Although it might be nice to have the starting secondary in there for a series. But they, the coaches have this feeling or make the statement, as O'Connell did, that he feels like, the joint practices with the 49ers replaced preseason games, which is not a real boon to ticket sales in preseason. <laughs> and we saw basically a, about a half to three-quarter full stadium at U.S. Bank Stadium last week against the 49ers in that preseason home game. It just, again, and I know you wrote about this, this about it after the 49er game, it just again shows that preseason is just horrendous. It's getting worse because of these joint practices. And I think they should throttle back to even two preseason games, give you enough time to to see your position battles unfold and the rookies in action. You don't need three preseason, preseason games anymore. No doubt about it. Hey, let's talk about quarterbacks around the league. We might see some interesting names and in starting lineups as the season approaches. Yeah, I think there's a lot of really fascinating quarterback battles that are still unfolding. And usually by the time you get to the last preseason game, coaches have made the announcement of who's going to be the starter as happened with Matt Rule in Carolina, where he did announce this week that Baker Mayfield is going to start opening day against the Browns, which sets up a, a really great matchup that I'm sure the league office is happy with, uh, even though I think it's a noon start, but to have M Baker Mayfield going against his old team where there's bad blood after they jilted him for Deshaun Watson. And then Deshaun Watson, of course, is suspended. So Jacoby Brissett's going to be the starter opening day. But, yeah, that, that one, Mayfield has beaten out Sam Darnold in Carolina. The Pittsburgh situation, I think, is really going to be fascinating to see what Mike Tomlin does. Is he going to choose the rookie number one pick, Kenny Pickett, who has lit it up in preseason. He's 19 of 22 for three touchdowns, 171 yards passing against the Seahawks and the Jaguars. Now, again, is he going against number ones on defense? Maybe, maybe not. But he's had a great preseason. And will Tomlin go with him over the Vets, Trubisky, and Mason Rudolph? In Seattle, Jim, can you really see Pete Carroll starting Geno Smith opening day against Russell Wilson and Denver oh. coming down? Wow. <laughs> Talk about a mismatch at the quarterback position. And and that's that's the first Monday night game. That's going to be fun to watch, too. But right now, it's sounding like, sounding like Geno Smith is kind of leading the way at quarterback in Seattle. And they'll probably just run the ball all the time with him at quarterback. But Hard to see him as a, a starter for Seattle. And, and I think they've been hoping and waiting for the 49ers to cut Jimmy Garoppolo. And the 49ers are going to wait until the until the last possible minute. First of all, they want to trade Garoppolo. And they haven't been able to do that yet. I, I think they've been hoping some major star goes down at quarterback. And that hasn't really happened. And so Garoppolo sits in San Francisco with a $25 million cap hit if he stays on the roster this season really hard to see 
them hanging on to him all year, but they certainly don't want to see him in Seattle. <laughs> no, no doubt about it. And we might also have Baker Mayfield playing against the Browns on opening day. Yeah, exactly. And, and as we talked about that, that I think, again, because he's been named the starter, that, that sets up as a, a, a really fun matchup on the schedule opening day and facing the Browns, his old team, bad blood there after they went with Deshaun Watson. So, so yeah, there's some still some uh, very fascinating quarterback decisions to be made in, in these last couple of weeks coming into the opener. And, hey, Tom Brady's back in, in Tampa Bay. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it, from the read I got from reading people I trust down there is that this was an expected thing, that there's something going on in his personal life, uh, but nobody – you know, nobody's panicking. They, they This is not Brett Favre trying to get out of training camp. Brady actually wants to do the work. So I, I just didn't I didn't sense from any of the people I trust that this is a, was a big deal. No, and he's certainly capable of, of overcoming an 11 day absence. It's just very curious. And I'm sure we'll learn more in the days ahead about what really happened. He was the speculation spending time with his wife and kids. But it's just a very strange thing for a quarterback and team leader to do and basically unprecedented while his teammates are sweating it out in training camp. So yeah, I, I think we'll learn, we'll learn more in the days and months and years ahead about what really happened here. But I think it's, I think it's probably more than just taking a little break to be with the wife and kids. Yeah, I would think so. Hey, let's wrap up a little Viking talk. Once again, thanks to our producer, Brian Burdett. Thanks to listen to talknorth.com. We do recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app. That's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Uh, and if you you or anybody you know would like to advertise with this show or the network, they can reach Karen Cleary, our sales executive, at K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at talknorth.com. Once again, thanks for listening. It really looks to me like B.C. Johnson is going to be the fourth receiver. Uh, I asked Wes Phillips about uh, B.C. and receiving depth the other day, and he raved about BC, not just catching passes, but also understanding the offense, understanding and being able to carry out blocking assignments that he blocked really well in the preseason games. It really sounds like he's going to be uh, a key key reserve. Yeah, I think that's true. And I'm not sure if he'll be number four or number five if they would bring Marset, Smith Marset in as the number four because he's more explosive than BC. But BC is very reliable, a veteran guy in his fourth year coming off that ACL injury. He's had a lot of production in the league in the past when he's played, had a lot of starts when Adam Thielen was hurt with a hamstring one year. And so I, I think that they trust him. He's very smart. Uh, I know BC, really good guy in the locker room, good person. And so I think that, yeah, he's, he's definitely had a really good camp and solidified his position. Uh, little doubt about that. Good stuff, Jeff. We'll have one more preseason game to talk about next week, and then we'll start previewing the Packer game and the season in earnest. Uh, of course, that's what we do all season, but it's amazing how many things happen in the NFL that are worth talking about. That's why it's so fun to have these shows. If you like this show, you might also like our Viking Update show uh, on the network. And, of course, if you like hockey, we got about four hockey shows these days. So check them all out. Thanks to Jeff. Thanks to Brianne. We'll be back next week to talk about what's up with the Vikings. <laughs>